Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Season 3, episode 33. On another lost day, by the way, 81623. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We got Aaron Perrine. What's up, everyone? We got Jamie Girac. Hello. Missed you all last week. Jamie, how are you feeling today? Oh, great. Right, I am so enough. Awesome. That's, that's that TikTok juice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> everybody, uh, if you don't know, now you know. Jamie Jurak is very active on TikTok. She is among us youths, as we like to say. <laughs> We're doing what the kids do out here. That's right. Follow <laughs> me on the old TikTok. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. We got a cool show today on Phase Zero. We have a special guest we'll introduce in just a moment. I'm going to give you a little rundown of what we're going to do today. So if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button, all that good stuff. Drop a five-star review. We're going to do some MCU news. We're going to have some debates. We're going to talk about the state of the MCU because we posted a video on the YouTube channel. It's getting a pretty good response. Thank you for that. Uh, and we're going to get our guests to take on that. And then at the end of the show, though, the last portion of today's show, much like last week where we reviewed Daredevil, well, hopefully we'll be able to get Jamie's thoughts on Daredevil as well because she wasn't here last week. But we're also going to talk about 2005's Elektra, which is a movie. Uh, and that's the level. We'll save all our thoughts on that for the end of the show. But first, we got to introduce our guest. I am super excited for this because when I don't know what I'm talking about, there's a channel I turn to. And it's like I always learn something when I watch this guy's videos. And he's got over 1.1 million subscribers on YouTube. Uh, he just expanded the channel, so I want to hear about that. Paul, from Heavy Spoilers, the other side of the globe. Hello. International, baby. Welcome to Phase Zero. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is like hitting the big leagues. This is yeah. like um, the end of Deadpool 2 when Ryan Reynolds is reading the script and then... He gets shot in the back. Of, it's just shot flat out because he finds out he's got to watch Electra for the podcast. So, <laughs> I don't know how I feel at the moment. This is unbelievable. I just that voice is just. I, I feel like I'm watching uh, mm. an iconic breakdown right now. Look at the. There's a. Is that a million subscriber plaque behind you? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome, dude. Framed it. So special. I, I would. I would. Yeah. So, wait. Okay. How long, Paul? How long have you been at this on YouTube? Oh, since about 2018, I think. And then wow. I really started taking it seriously in 2020. Left my job. Thought, oh, plain sailing ahead. Just be covering movies every week. And then, yeah, pandemic hit. Every movie delayed. Went into panic mode and bought loads of Funko Pops to just stare at. And... That's it. So so where in the world are you? Uh, Sunderland. Yeah. Technically South Shields. Next to Newcastle. Nowhere near London. <laughs> we'll just we'll just say that for you American guys. We're not near London. It's the other other side of the country. So imagine I'm, there's are you next to London? And it, imagine as far away as you can get from that. That's pretty much all we know is there's London and then there's yeah. the rest of everything else. That's <laughs> London is a country to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we I don't even know what time it is over there. I know I'm in LA right now, same as Aaron and Jamie, which means I am we are like we are opposite time zones as I think as opposite as we could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I want to hear about you, you getting started because heavy spoilers is an awesome channel. I think pretty much everybody who watches and listens to phase zero is, is familiar with it, but uh, what got you into it? And when did you start to realize like, all right, we might, we might be able to do something here. 
Um, so I, st- I basically used to be a website designer and I started making my own website of Batman graphic novel reviews. And I just thought, I mean, I've pretty much got every Batman graphic novel that's ever been released up, up to like maybe 2020 or something. Um, and I just thought I'm going to read every single one of them, review them for the website and, and just kind of go from there. Now, I, I had a crazy idea one night. I thought, oh, I'll do a YouTube video. And this was around the time that the Batman v Superman theatrical edition popped out. Uh, so yeah, I thought I'll review that. Woke up the next day, six thousand views on it, which was crazy. And I just thought, right, this is what I'm going to do from now on. Just going to make everything YouTube. And yeah, and it just kind of went from there, really. And yeah, so Batman v Superman saved my life. And I won't have a <laughs> bad word I mean, about that movie. I I saw a reel yesterday. I was why it was like Mr. Beast talking, and he was saying that people call you crazy until you do it, and then you're a genius. I think you've reached genius. Maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of people, lots of people like don't leave your job because of a Batman v Superman review, Paul. And I was like, you guys don't understand. You don't see the mission. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I I have I be. Oh, oh, he muted himself. Well, no. so excited. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty stoked here. Uh, I might have to fix my mic setting. I don't know if you guys can hear me. We can but, hear you now. We can. Uh, being across the pond, I'm curious. Uh, the because in in the states we have events like left and right, especially in LA, and there's there's all that stuff. I mean, you have a huge channel, and I assume this means you get plenty of like recognition, and and you've you've networked with studios and stuff. Have you gotten to meet anybody, do anything really memorable that kind of blew you away? That was kind of like a like, oh wow, I got to talk Not to. At all. No, no, not at all. I think just with this being in the UK, they don't really. It's sort of like a different PR company over here, Mm. Um, and yeah, so it's it's not really run like that. And obviously, with my channel doing spoilers, a lot of studios are kind of funny on it. Some some studios are great. Uh, Actually, the boys, I covered the boys quite in depth, um, and the social media team got in touch and were like, "We're going to send you a limited edition volume one." That's got a cover that's inspired by the the tv show so i've got that that was quite nice uh, but yeah other than that no mates no no connections no networking don't know why he got me on mate yeah paul uh it's been great it's been great but uh it's getting late over there so we're gonna let you uh <laughs> nah but dude i think it's i think it's awesome that you do what you do i i mean i'm a huge fan of your channel i'm thrilled to have you on the show today uh yeah, part of our you. conversation uh, it's awesome to meet you, and I think our audience is probably geeking out right now as well. Especially people listening to it in the car and stuff. They're probably just like, "Oh my god, this is that's, that's the voice. That's the voice <laughs> that I learned things from." I, I've learned a lot from you. I'm not gonna lie. I have learned a lot from your videos. Also, actually, I have one more question for you, mm-hmm. and a request. First, the request is <laughs> slow down, slow down, please, because. I'm trying to make videos and be relevant. And then by the time I wake up and watch a damn episode of Secret Invasion, you already have a million views. So yeah. do you, what, what is your kind of, what, what, when an episode drops, what is your sort of process? What happens? What, where does Paul go? What, how does the Heavy Spoilers channel operate from there? Well, we're kind of lucky because of the time difference. Um, see, for you guys, it's like 3 a.m. or something, an episode releases, whereas I've like had a full night's sleep and it's 8 a.m. and I'm just chilling, getting up nice nice and refreshed um but yeah i've got a great team behind me some editors um the way we tend to do it is i'll watch a part of the episode record it send it to them watch the next part write about it record it send it to them and then by the time i'm I'm finished watching the episode they'll normally have finished the edits and then we just kind of piece it together and Post it to the internet, yeah, and much to every other YouTuber's anger, I can imagine. I I would hate me if I was another YouTuber, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if you could, I mean, you're great, but if you could do me a favor, just wait till like 7 p.m. to get started. Yeah, yeah. I get in trouble for that sometimes. Yeah, because be the thumbnails will ruin stuff, and I'll be like, but it's all over Twitter already, or X, sorry. Well, Uh, whatever. I'm not calling it X, even if there's a fire. Uh, (laughs) Also, you guys just you guys just made a big hire over there. Yeah, we've got MT now working for us, uh, Mastertainment. Yeah, he he's uh, done a couple of videos already. They've they've gone down so well. I'm a bit angry because now he's like more popular than I am on the channel, um, <laughs> which is really annoying. So I don't know I don't know how that's going to work out, but um, I might have to discipline him and say with, stop being so bloody good. With him over there, you guys might be the ones to finally get James Gunn's uh, Guardians One Easter egg. 
Yeah, and I feel yeah. bad because I'm just constantly talking like about how James Gunn should hard reboot stuff and saying, why is he not doing it? And now MT's like quite good friends with him. Um, <laughs> well, listen, James, James listens to everybody. So I, yeah. I'm pretty, that guy, that guy lives on social media. I think he's watching our show. Oh, he just texted me. Why are you talking about now? <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's, let's get to some MCU news. Uh, Jamie, you got the first topic for us today. And this one, uh, I think, I think maybe we can let the we can let the truth fly in the language here if we need to because I think to get the full impact. Sorry, Jim's traveling today. I think so. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Well, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson talked about his role in uh, Age of Ultron to Uproxx, um, and he was talking about Godzilla and Avengers, which one movie he plays Elizabeth Olsen's husband, and the other he plays her brother. Um, and he said uh, all those things lined up for me, but I didn't really care for them. Um, he said uh, he added that there are more opportunities, saying that nobody knows about. There are big, huge franchises that were in play. I wanted purely to be with my babies. I didn't want to be taken away from them. I battled with that. I battled with what that would be like. And then he concluded, I also slightly didn't give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Jim may not be here, but I, I, I just, yeah, you know, that's true. That's yeah, true. Safe. Um, I think this is really funny um, because it's like, he's like, I didn't care about this. Now I'm making a Sony Marvel movie. How about that? That's where I'm putting all my heart and soul into. I'm abandoning my babies for Sony. I don't know. Um, uh, what do you guys think of this? I can kind of relate to him because I thought I was getting invited on phase zero. To, I, it was basically like, oh, you're finally getting to be the lead in a Marvel movie. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, it's Elektra. And now I know. You'd <laughs> be told you're in a Marvel movie, but then find out it's a Sony one. You know what I mean? Um, he, he is British. I, I actually thought for a while that he was um, American, but he's British. So you have to kind of take this in a British accent, which in context of a British accent, it would sign... It would sound slightly different. It'd be like, I, was, I don't give a fuck, mate. You know what I mean? It's not as it's not as angry as if an American said it. It's more kind of got a cockney charm to it, I can imagine. Yeah, we are a bit more choosy on our on our F words like yeah. uh in, in America. We're about, we're a bit more sensitive to language like that. You go across the pond and it's just like it's flying. They're using the F word, the C word. <laughs> it's just like part of the vocabulary. Yeah. Am I am I wrong? Yeah. Even if he was like, he's fucking short, mate. Bit, oh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, it was a bit. Yeah, I I think this is a I think I think a lot of actors have this mentality about a lot of franchise roles. If I'm honest, I think a lot of them when you ask them like, do you read the comics? Do you read the? They just like no, it was a cool role. It's like not all of them, but I think they they exist more than we like to admit to ourselves, and he's just being real about it. Like it's whatever. I mean, it's kind of a weird diss to his own credibility in my opinion. It's like, okay, well, why should we think you care about this next role? If you didn't care about the last one in a massive Marvel event movie, but I don't know. I think a lot of actors are probably just like, I take the script. I got to do my job and I go home. I don't really care about the rest, but then there's a lot of actors who really do care. So I don't know. We, it's a weird level of transparency, I guess that we're not used to from actors. I've done a few WWE interviews recently and it's interesting because WWE people are just they they just say what's on their mind. They don't really care. They don't really care what the audience thinks. And that's not even when they're being a heel or they're cutting a promo. They're just real. They don't they're they're so authentic. They don't have a publicist. And I'm, they probably do, but they don't listen to their publicists. They just say what's on their mind. Whereas actors are so because of I mean shows like ours, sites like ours, and people like Paul who get a zillion views every time they say a word. Uh, no, but I, I genuinely think the media is is very. We, we go at actors very quickly. So I think they're so trained and so careful and so scared to say literally anything that when somebody says something like this, you're like, oh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, what? <laughs> when I, in reality, I think a lot of people actually operate that way. I was going to say, I feel like, I know like Elizabeth Olsen has said lately, like if her advice to people joining the MCU would be only sign up for one movie and don't commit to like years and years of your life being in this franchise. So mm -hmm. I feel like this quote is him saying that in his own way. I get the logic of what he's saying. It's just like, yeah, he said it in a very Aaron Taylor Johnson kind of way. Yeah, we just want to imagine all the actors buying every comic and sitting and reading it. And some of them do, I bet. If I got cast in a comic movie, I'll tell you right now, I would, I would be like, yo, what? But I'm not an actor who gets jobs every day. I'd be like, that's a big deal. Imagine if it was my 25th movie. I might be like, okay, this is cool. I want to learn a little bit about it. Or maybe not. Aaron, what do you think about this? 
Um, I, I thought it was funny between this, Chris Hemsworth being like, are you crazy? I don't watch every MCU show. I have three kids. Like, it's very, very real for some people who have other responsibilities not to be completely and utterly invested in every single thing. I also have a digression because, Paul, how do you feel about Aaron Taylor Johnson being 007 as a man of an accent? I'm just going to say, yeah, I've had my heart set on Henry Cavill so much that it would be like, if it wasn't him, I'd be angry. It's like, you know, when John Krasinski was going to be Reed Richards <laughs> and everyone was like, well, you better be him at some point. And at least we got that. I'm kind of Henry Cavill, James Bond in my head. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Bullet Train, but I, I just don't know. I just don't quite see it. Okay. I like I like Aaron. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was it was like measured and like nice. I was like I thought there would be something more inflammatory than that. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got we're, we're not done with Aaron Taylor Johnson quite yet. We are not. So uh, Craven, the Hunter director, J.C. Shandor, uh, spoke to Esquire and he called the film a tragedy. His quote was, Sony probably doesn't want me to lead with this, but the story is a tragedy. When the final credits roll on this film, if you've been paying attention, you won't have the feeling that the, that this is all going to end great. How do we feel about that? Just based on the one trailer we've gotten and now the fact that we're like over a year from seeing the movie, how are we feeling? Well, how's Sony already planning sequels? <laughs> how? I mean, it's obvious this is like a, well, oh, this is the villain origin story. We're setting him up to be the villain in Spider-Man. Which Spider-Man? Never going to happen, is it? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, they might just do Craven's last hunt without Spider-Man in the, the, this entire movie. We're going to have Craven's first hunt in this yeah. movie. And then we're never going to get Craven's last hunt. Like, I mean, who is, who is, all right, guesses. Who's in the credit scene of Craven? We're going around. Jamie, you're, for your first, who's in the credit scene of Craven? After that vulture Morbius crap? Come on, who's there? Watch it be Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was going to say Jake Gyllenhaal or Tom Hardy. Like, either one of them. Man, honestly, I hate that I actually would be excited. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I enjoy Brandon Davis's existential like yeah. thousand yard stare uh, way yeah. more than I should, but I think it would be Keats again, right? He's got to be the one going around the Winnebago collecting them all. So get, bring it back again, five, yeah. whatever. I think Michael Keaton is after the Flash. He's just like, I got to be done with these superhero movies. <laughs> I think I think Keats is just is hanging up his cape. Does Keats know what day it is? <laughs> like he lived a much better life than the rest of us. He ain't worried, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> but it has something to do with Spider-Man. Paul, anybody you think would uh show Alfred up Molina. He, he's oh my God. Just for for doing anything. Um uh yeah, it's weird with Michael Keaton because he obviously made Birdman, which was kind of a deconstruction of playing Batman, and then was like, okay, I'll go back and do it. Um, yeah, I think it'd probably be Vulture again, or I can't see them getting Morbius. Maybe Tom Hardy. I suppose Tom Hardy is kind of the face of this universe. And um, what comes up? Madame Webb comes after it, doesn't she? So it uh, might before. be Madame. Is it, okay, is it releasing before now? Yeah, they moved them around. Right. All right, okay. Because oh I would have said they might have teased that movie coming next, but who knows? Miles Morales as a cartoon, <laughs> and I don't know. Kofi is in the comments sowing chaos and was like, Nick D'Onofrio. Like, what? <laughs> imagine if imagine if Craven is where we find out who bought Avengers Tower. Oh my God. If they bring stuff like that. Oh Immediately my. it tops your rankings for that year. Right. It'd be right. number one, hands down. Hands yeah. down. Better than Guardians 3. Well, it's next year. Better than they would show it. They would show it in the trailer who bought it and then yeah. just never actually have it in the movie. That's mm -hmm. That's true. I love this suggestion of Topher Grace as Venom. <laughs> In the comments from Corey Sherman. Yes. That, that's, that's what I like do, that. Though. That's yeah. what they would do, though. Oh, my God. Um, no. Oh, my God. All right. Speaking of Miles Morales, let's keep this rolling. Let's keep yeah, this rolling. Yeah, so uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller spoke about Spider-Verse, which has now hit digital and has confused people because there are a lot of tweaks in the movie, in the digital edition, that are not in the theatrical version. People, when they were seeing it in theaters, were seeing little incremental changes if they watched it week to week. But now there are two completely different versions. Sometimes there are alternate line readings of certain dialogue. There's like certain text boxes that aren't, aren't there. And so they spoke about this to Games Radar. And 
and Lord said, I think most of the changes are improvements. And Miller said there was an international version that was made almost two months before the movie came out because it had to be translated into different languages. And these French French censors have to decide what the rating of the movie is in Europe. The team at Sony Pictures Imageworks still had some shots that they felt like they could do better for the finished version. So they cleaned up and tweaked those things. Certain crew members, people in the sound department or the animation team were like, oh, could we do this instead? Let's do the best possible version that we can. Because it's a multiverse movie, it's like there's a multiverse of the movie. That was really the reasoning behind it. It was trying to make the best possible version that everyone was going to be the proudest of. How do we feel about that reasoning? I have a big problem with this because look, there's not, listen, we, we've always had like director's cuts or alternate cuts, the uh, comic book movies. I mean, like thinking back like to the Donner cut, right? Like this is something that's common. George Lucas has tweaked Star Wars a million times, but every time that you watch a version of Star Wars, you know what version you're watching. They tell you ahead of time. It's fine if you want to tweak these movies or whatever, but I think that you need to let people know what they're about to watch. Maybe I like the line reading more of the one I saw in theaters. I saw this movie in theaters and I loved it. And this is what I want to be watching again. And um, I think that that's, I, I, that's my problem. It's not that they're tweaking it. It's that they're just like, they're not telling us and, and it's just going out there. And are, are, are we ever going to have that? version that it just doesn't sit right with me in this age of internet and when we're losing physical media uh to to, to that they can just tweak something like that and then it the, it can be technically erased if, if they want it to be i completely agree with that because i've seen so many people make the george lucas excuse and it's like at least with those you still had physical copies of the versions prior to that and that was years after the fact that is not months after the movie was released and like i there's a radio ad that i've heard a dozen times for it being on digital and they're like experience it again and again to see the multiverse of the movie and it's like they're almost leaning into it but if i'm like a normal like audience member who doesn't pay attention to this stuff that's kind of confusing so I, it's just so weird i'm with you guys i hate changes to the movies after the fact i think you release it that should be the cut and that should actually put the pressure on the filmmakers to finish the movie before it's released in the age of updates and asterisks i don't know i'm tired of the statue of liberty changing colors i don't need that again once was more than i needed it that's all i gotta say Y'all are so funny, man. Um, it's like, yes, I'm precious, Aaron. I'm precious about I know. it. Okay? No, no, no. It's not about that. I'm laughing about Kofi joking about my Kanye. Oh. Kanye. Oh. We open this gate and we all walk through unwillingly. But it, it goes back even like sort of like concurrent with that too. Because I remember when you used to buy a video game and you put the game in and the game is the game. And now yeah. it's like, I'll just, you get day one and it's, it's real janky, but in two weeks or a month, it'll be fine. And I'm like, no, I paid the $70 now. I would like the full product now. So I know people were very excited about the weird changes uh, to the movie. Cause there was two versions of it in theaters and no one realized until it had been in theaters for like two weeks. We all realized, wait a second, the text boxes are blue instead of yellow. Like, what's going on here? But that was like little changes. The dialogue did not change. There was some different animation keys. But this is like a different level of that. And I guess the sliding scale of editing things on Disney Plus or whatever just underlines the fact that you really do want to have like a Blu-ray or a Steelbook or God forbid, like a Criterion of like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse at some point so I can just have the thing. Like, the document preserved how it was supposed to be. Yeah. But yeah. no one really wants to do that. I, I, wonder, saw... how, Go I ahead. wonder how many people this gaslit into thinking, like, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. I... <laughs> was I drunk last night? <laughs> I saw um, I saw an IGN did a video uh, on Instagram. I saw them talking about a comparison of what they saw in the movie versus what's on the digital. And they said that they saw, like, uh, that the dialogue changed, that... Uh, instead of saying, I'm going to do my own thing, he says, mm -hmm. I'm going to go home. The old, yeah. I saw the movie twice. I saw it at the premiere, and I went and saw it in theaters. No, no, that's a lie. I saw it before it came out, and then I saw it at the premiere. So I imagine I saw the same version. But in both of those versions, I never bought a ticket to see it in theaters. I'll, in both those versions, though, he said, I'm going to do my own thing. Did you, like, when you guys saw this movie, which I think a couple of us saw it pre-release, a couple of us bought tickets, Aaron, yeah, you were at the premiere, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was at the premiere, and I bought so, a ticket. So, okay, so you did both. So, yeah. was there a different version of that line? I the funny thing, I didn't notice it with that line, but I think that his AI took the selfie different in the second yeah. one that I saw with Jamie. 
Although that might be the dreams of an alternate Aaron from another timeline that have been implanted inside <laughs> Who of him. But real. I our, think our so. own simulation is glitching. <laughs> our own simulation is glitching, and they're just saying it's they're improving movies, but really the Matrix is getting lazy. Oh, All right. Uh, one of the last, we got the Marvels to talk about before we take a quick break. Okay. Um, so the Marvels could have Avengers ties, according to executive producer Mary Lovato. She talked to Total Film about it over the weekend in their big old, big old feature they had about the movie. So she said, in Miss Marvel, we learned that the bangle, Miss Marvel's bangle, Kamala Khan's bangle, paired with some other form of power can force a temporary hole in space and time to lead somewhere else when they look to the past, right? Um, with the power of the both bangles, more is definitely possible, and we see the culmination of that over the course of this movie. It definitely leads to plentiful opportunities for the future of the MCU, whether that may be Avengers or Secret Wars. Teams may want to do with it, whatever those teams want to do with them. So it seems like we're going to get some sort of building blocks towards your eventual conflict in the Marvels. Um, I think me and Jenna discussed, too, before we talk all about that, that Poor Nida Costa is like having like, you know, breathing uh, exercises over the way that incursions work in the MCU because they're different and she's a big nerd. There's also a very funny quote, I think, from Entertainment Weekly where she was like, yeah, I really love this Marvel the way it was in the comics, but like we're, we're making do. So she's just having problems with it being different from the comics all over the place. So it sounds like we're getting some sort of incursion based thing going on here. It hasn't been said to us, but all these questions and the interview quotes seem to indicate that. How does everybody feel about building some blocks to Avengers and then another hole opening up and Doctor Strange tumbling out of it? Wouldn't that be delightful? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it when I see it. Like, uh, uh, I'm here for it, but I'm also happy to have this movie on its own as well. So I, I I'm kind of neutral. I do feel like them having to teach her like how the incursions work in the MCU, having that conversation and her talking about that conversation does lead me to believe that factors into the movie somehow, which is interesting because I feel like that people are already kind of discounting this movie and having it have probably the most significance going forward out of all of the movies released this year would be really, really interesting. So I'm I'm hopeful, but who knows? Paul, what do you got for the Marvels? I know you've analyzed these trailers. I've had it. I've had it spoil, I think. Well, I read leaks oh, anyway, um, so yep. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, okay. There, well, there's been so many. There's been so much reworking on this movie. Hopefully, you're able to. Do you do you uh, do you see anything get surprised anymore? Um, no, I, I let myself have Infinity <laughs> War. That was it. I let let myself have Infinity War, and I was gonna let my myself have Endgame, but Reddit. There was a post on Reddit the day before I went to see Endgame, and I was like. I'll, I'll just have a quick read and I'll stop two paragraphs down. And uh, yeah, I read the whole thing. That's it. So, <laughs> so yeah, it kind of sucks. But movies, um, movies I don't spoil for myself are normally ones that n no one really cares about that much. Like Infinity mm. Pool, Barbarian. Oh my God, Infinity Pool. What a film. Yeah, those kind of films. Insane. Didn't Insane. spoil those. I guess that's the life of being named heavy spoilers. Mm. The, bur exactly. <laughs> the burden you have to bear. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, last thing on this topic, uh, and I, yeah, well, listen, I, I waited on this on 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 Twitter <laughs> this week, and I somebody posted a thing asking if the Marvels is going to make a billion dollars. I say no, like I just don't think the Marvels makes a billion dollars, and everybody's coming at me, being mad at me for saying that. First of all, saying I'm pushing an agenda. Okay, I understand where that's coming from. I know a lot of dudes hate on Captain Marvel and Carol. And there's a lot of misogynistic bullshit going around with this movie. And I'm sure it's going to happen with this movie, no matter how good it is. I promise you, I'm not in that damn crowd. Miss me with that crap. I just am like, if you look at this movie logically, it's not going to make a billion dollars. And if it does, I'll absolutely sit here and say I was wrong. But I could see this movie getting 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. And Marvel movies just aren't doing that right now. Guardians didn't do it. Doc Strange didn't do it. Thor didn't do it. Uh, Spider-Verse didn't do it. Two movies have done that this year. We're not in the handing out billion dollar movies era anymore. And also the Marvels, if it stays where it is and nothing changes right now, it's not getting IMAX theaters. That's like, those tickets are like, what, 30% more expensive? Mm -hmm. I just don't see a version of this where the Marvels makes a billion. I hope everybody sees it. It's better for us. It's better for all of us. Better for the fans. It's better for the discourse. If more people see it, there's more to talk about. I'm excited for this movie. I can't wait to see Kamala and her family again. But I just don't see how this makes a billion. Does any Jamie, what's up? 
I'm I'm rooting for this movie so hard, but no, there's no way this movie's making a billion dollars. I'm sorry. Like the fact that Guardians three didn't even make a billion dollars, and I think that that's a bigger um a, uh, just has a bigger fan base because uh, a lot of people who don't see every Marvel movie saw Guardians three, and as and I think even if the Marvels like you said gets a hundred percent, look at Mission Impossible. That is a ninety six percent critic score and a ninety four percent audience score and it's only at half a billion now that also has to do with release dates and imax that was an imax for one week we talked about this a couple weeks ago um the only like if the marvels was releasing with nothing else around it but that's not the case dune's gonna be out um like i i i think that there are certainly a lot of haters out there who want this movie to fail but we Mm. know that that is not brandon brandon is being realistic I mean, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes you go online, if uh, talking about this one, it's like, if I say anything negative, there's always going to be somebody who thinks I'm being negative just for the sake of being negative because there's women in the movie. No, like, I, I, uh, I love Captain Marvel. I think Captain Marvel should be one of the Avengers, one of the leaders of the Avengers. And I mean, it's, but I understand the defensive nature of that because that's how the internet works. So I, it's like, I don't know. It's talking about this one's going to be interesting. We're going to support the, the Marvels as best we can on phase zero. We're going to analyze it as best we can. And, uh, hopefully our community rallies behind it and we have a good movie. We're all going to watch it. Uh, but a billion seems extremely lofty. And also I think people were mad at me for saying that the fact that it released between infinity war and Endgame uh, was it boosted its box office. But I think that from everything from Thor Ragnarok up through Spider-Man far from home, I think all those movies benefited from being in that era of the MCU. That includes Black Panther. That includes Ant-Man and the Wasp. Everything. Now, Black Panther would have been a success with or without it. Ant-Man and the Wasp would have made more money than the first Ant-Man with or without it. But if you look at Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, it drops off quite a bit. Even Wakanda Forever. We're just in a different era now. Like These movies aren't making as much money as they did. A, there's too many superhero movies, I think, for them all to feel like events. And B, it was just the zeitgeist of the MCU. There's no denying that was a factor. Captain Marvel sure would have made money on its own. I think Captain Marvel's a far more popular character than a lot of characters in the MCU. I'll tell you right now, she's selling a lot more lunchboxes. She's selling a lot more action figures. than a lot. There's a lot of Captain Marvel merch out there in the world. Uh, But yeah, Paul, Aaron, what do you guys think? Billion dollars for the Marvels? I I got it at, at, at about 800 um and somebody i think is all in the game on youtube uh said that that's like the average post 2020 mm-hmm. for these movies and i think that it has more to do with a stat i read about barbie of all things this weekend than anything else and that is this movie is the first movie that has like almost like they did a survey and 20 percent of people basically since the moment the pandemic since Sonic came out, which is forever ago, have not seen a movie in theaters until they went to go see Barbie. So unless you're going to have a literal act of God where mm-hmm. it just so happens that Margot Robbie's in a really cool movie, every <laughs> single random cool person in Hollywood's in it. The marketing team has an infinite green light to just do whatever, make roller skates, sell ice cream, <laughs> all of it, and have it meme-tastically coincide with a movie that's way more serious than it that should not be paired with it tonally, you're probably not going to get to a billion dollars. Or Chris Pratt's got to be in it. Because <laughs> I, I can't explain Mario, except for that there's a bunch of grown people who live their entire life to see Mario. The like, argument I will make with both Mario and Barbie is, like, they are just movies that you can excessively go watch with, like, you just can culturally know of both of those things and go watch the movie with no prior knowledge and still enjoy it. And I think, like, that that is a huge factor of why it is so successful even like oppenheimer there was a stat the other day that was like oppenheimer has outgrossed almost all of the mcu movies that have come out post covid and that is crazy but oh. i think it's also because it is accessible as just a singular piece of work mm-hmm. whereas it's like i love the marvels i'm literally wearing a captain marvel shirt i love my girls so much but like you need to have seen two to three Disney plus shows and a movie that came out five years ago to be able to understand what's going on in this movie. And I think like people will still show up and people will still like it, but it will not be that level of the zeitgeist that the first one had. I would all. like to add uh, to question that though, because if you spend any time on the cesspool known as Twitter and I'm still going to call it Twitter, I don't care. <laughs> um, there are people bemoan that there's no movies for grownups and that's what Oppenheimer is. I think it's more of a fact of these are underserved, niches and audiences that got a movie perfectly tailored to them everybody's like girls don't sell lunch boxes for like the last five years and barbie comes out and it's like wow we underestimated that here lena dunham make polly pocket and then there's no movies for adults so it's like okay here's this 
you know, three hour <laughs> movie with like Robert Downey Jr. and every single famous white guy in Hollywood in at the same time. Like, I think that could be just as much. I don't think it's successful at all. You got people who don't even know, who didn't even know who this man was. It's crazy. I was like, wow, I'm I'm fascinated by the Oppenheimer thing. It's just shown me, I'm like, wow, public education here across the pond, Paul, is really bad. It's really not great. The fact that like everybody's like, oh, I never knew this. I'm like, girl, where have you been? Were you asleep during like social studies? What what was happening? Was it like a, was like Brandon was like paying attention, but like obviously his classmates were like, I don't know, man. It's nice outside. Jersey's nice this time of year. I'm cool. So I don't know. It, it could be either one. It could be any of it. I just yeah. think it's like a, you know. Paul, we have we gotta let Paul speak on this. My kids are screaming in the background, so I've just been muted the whole time. <laughs> um, I've just been sitting in silence, making sure I'm nodding along and taking part. But yeah, I totally agree about the IMAX thing. I think that slashes off a massive amount of the box office. June's obviously competing with it as well. Um, also, Secret Invasion, Ms. Marvel, you know, the lead-ins to this film didn't do that well viewership-wise. And I don't know if that's going to have a knock-on effect. I kind of feel like the the MCU at the moment, you know, there's so much homework going on that people just don't have time to check out at all. And they're just kind of like, well, I'll wait until it gets to something important and then maybe catch up or they might have even fallen off at this point. Um, I actually see it doing between 500 to 600 million. And that's just the state of the box office at the moment. For example, you know, Indiana Jones, I thought that would do way more than it has, but I think it's just shown that. You know, there's not not everything's a surefire hit every anymore. It's it's kind of all up in the air. And yeah, unfortunately, I, I mean, I think it's going to have some big moments in it, but there's not that massive selling point for it at the moment, other than seeing these three characters team up. You know, they they might we'll see what the marketing's like, but um, yeah, it's just kind of a weird state. Obviously, there's the whole anti Brie Larson movement, which is it's got an uphill struggle against that already and you know when there's 10 videos being made a day constantly saying how bad it is and before it's even came out i think um it's gonna be difficult you can probably hear my kids now they're just getting uh they just really not, love brie larson and want yeah. everybody to know yes. <laughs> not treating them badly i'm just uh, they just don't like bath time so yeah that's what my wife's doing right now <laughs> oh wow well, yeah, so, uh, all right, we were supposed to take one minute break, come back and do some uh, State of the MCU stuff. We've already kind of covered that on the show, so we'll spare Paul having to do his one-word summary of the MCU, and we're going to cut straight to Electric because we uh, we talked for quite a bit here, and it's been fun. So we're going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, we're talking all about 2005's Electra. See you there. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Phase Zero, and this is the episode you have been waiting three years for. This is the episode Paul actually... I try, I've been trying to get Paul from Heavy Spoilers on Phase Zero for two and a half years now, and he wouldn't do it. And he, every time I messaged him, he said, I'm waiting for Electra every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Am I telling the truth? You decide. Uh, <laughs> this is the part of the show where we are going to do a spoiler review 18 years later of 2005's Electra movie starring Jennifer Garner. Uh, did everybody watch the movie for this? Yeah, not everybody's not in their heads. How funny coming? would it be if someone didn't? Just like, no, I'm not going to do the homework for this. <laughs> Listen. Uh, all right, so uh, one thing I want to start doing a little bit more of on Phase Zero when we talk about these things, we react to them, break them down. A little quick recap of, of what the episodes, what the movies are. Electra, in summary, is a follow-up to Daredevil, which released two years before, which we talked about on last week's episode. 
Uh, it follows Jennifer Garner's character as she is somehow still alive in the wake of being seemingly murdered at the end of Daredevil. And she's on like a retreat in the woods. And while on that, in this Airbnb, she gets a job. She's working as a, as a hitman, as an assassin. And she gets hired to kill the father and daughter in the Airbnb next door, essentially. She's been vibing with them. It's a story where the intention seems to be Electra developing some sort of humanity and compassion. And she's like, well, I can't kill them. They're nice. The assassin's heart grew 10 times larger. And ultimately, the hand and all that they got, I don't know, This all this crazy stuff starts happening and it ends up in a maze and she doesn't kill them. Spoiler alert. They, they yeah. Uh, there's an unnecessary romance. And the movie overall just isn't good. Uh, but anyway, we're going to go down the screen here. Aaron, after watching 2005's Electra in 2023. Also, I was supposed sorry, sorry. I, I was supposed to watch the director's cut, and then I went and looked online, and apparently the director's cut had a scene with Ben Affleck's Daredevil in it, and I didn't get that. So apparently I did not watch the director's cut. That scene is on YouTube, though, if you do want to watch it. Like, it's pretty uh, easy. I'm going to have to check that out because I'm yeah. pissed. I want the Daredevil universe to expand uh, 20 <laughs> years later, and it didn't expand in my life. But sorry, Aaron. Go ahead. Go ahead here. I made, I turned to Ariel and made a joke on our couch last night that I'm like, when she was doing the montage of like working out, I was like, oh, this is why Brandon wanted us to talk about this movie. <laughs> I joked because I love, I love you, BD. Um, it, it's just like the last movie. It is such a time capsule of like this period. Imagine going into a movie thinking it's going to be like an action, like espionage kind of action movie. And then all of this very, very wild, lucid dreaming powers out of comic stuff happens. You'd be so confused. I know she was, she's a huge star. So of course there was promotion that sort of told you that it was like a Marvel movie, but I could not imagine like sitting down on FX, sitting down halfway through this. And then like a, a hawk comes out of the guy's shoulder. It's <laughs> It's in, like it's so nutty, um, and I guess we should laud it for that. But there's also some choices that are being made, some some very weird choices. Being yeah, there's made. some choices. We'll talk about them. Paul, how 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 did Electra treat you in 2023? So, I mean, <laughs> just lo looking at my research for this movie, I knew straight away it was going to be bad. I I have considered myself a Marvel fan for a very hardcore Marvel fan, but I'd never seen this up until this point. So I'm not sure I actually broad, was a real Marvel broad. fan. But straight straight from the off, I looked it up, released in January, which is never never a good sign. Um, and apparently what happened was Daredevil was so, had such a strong opening weekend that the studio were like, oh, this is amazing. But then it went on to disappoint. But they were still kind of like, well, we'll try and do a spin-off thing. Um, you know, she's got a cool name. Interest in Jennifer Garner was hot because of Alias. And yeah, you, you can kind of see why they started to do it. I, I was listening to a podcast review of it, and they said they described it as an Adam's rib syndrome thing, which is where you have a male character, you take a part of it to make a female character. Obviously talking about Adam and Eve. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of felt like that, but I don't really f feel it felt like a comic book movie at all. I think you could easily change this into a female assassin hitman movie and it would be it'd be the exact same thing. I didn't actually mm -hmm. think it started off quite well, um, but there was a logo from Universe and Films who I'd never heard of before, so I'm guessing this movie probably tanked the company. Um, you then have the, the 20th Century Fox logo that turned black and white, and then a Regency logo that turned red, and I'm thinking they put effort into this. But then they got to the names, and they were using the Greek letter Sigma for the E's, and I just thought, that's not right, mate. That's not right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of... <laughs> And it's just a weird film. I'm going to mute myself yeah. again because it gets a scream. But if you want to move on, to they, they definitely you couldn't hear touch the the Braille opening credits of Daredevil. Oh, yeah. They did not yeah. come anywhere yeah. close to that. Also, I saw that Jennifer Garner apparently didn't even want to make this movie, and then they had to make yeah, it in such a hurry because they were working around her schedule for Alias. Uh, it, this one was this one was the writing was on the wall from the time they tried to make it. Aaron, what'd you think? Aaron, you already went. 
Yeah. Uh, Jenna, what'd you think? I There are choices in this movie that I love in a vacuum. Terrence Stamp as uh, Stick is very inspired casting. I love that. I've been watching Smallville and he's in that a lot. So it's just nice that he spent the aughts just in all of these weird comic adaptations. I think that like Typhoid Mary's in this movie. So I can't fully dunk on that because I love Typhoid Mary. But I think Electra as a character has so much more potential than this movie ever gave her. And it's so interesting in hindsight because I remember I think it was Ike Perlmutter or other people involved with Marvel were like, oh, we shouldn't make female superhero movies because of Catwoman and Electra. And it's like that the fact that they were female superhero movies wasn't the problem. It was the fact that they weren't good movies. Like this yep. movie could have been so much more interesting. There are comics where Electra is like being an assassin in Las Vegas and doing all of these very self-contained things that would make a very fun movie and even alias itself from my knowledge is so wild and you could have even used a little bit more of that in this movie but instead what they did was just so totally interesting and weird there were parts i liked and there were parts where i was just like yeah this is such a misfire in certain yeah. ways and the story is there's like a weapon that everybody's after including the hand which the hand i'm not i'm not a huge fan of the hand as a as like a group of villains anyway i wasn't a huge fan of them in the, the defender series and then it turns out the weapon is the little girl that she's been yeah. bonding with and even stick is in on it that, that uh, was another shock thing. Value. that was another thing the movie's called electra it should be centered around her not like this abby character who's far more interesting and obviously you know she she's meant to be a sort of stand-in for electra where she's obviously her dad's died and uh, sorry her mother's died and i thought they were going to do something where they'd both bond over their father's dying as well but they skipped over that mark miller survived her neighbor who i thought was I thought that was going to be like a Mark Millar reference, but it wasn't. I thought um, so yeah. too. Yeah, Daredevil had so many comic creator uh, references. Yeah, ultimately, you know, it's not going to go anywhere because Daredevil's still alive, Ben Affleck's still out there, so they're skimming it. But a little bit of trivia I found out. So we, we talked about the deleted Ben Affleck scene. Um, Jennifer Garner actually insisted that they they shoot that scene for the movie, even though it gets cut. And they actually rekindled their romance on that day that they that they shot that scene. So they got married from that. So some positives did did come from this movie. And an eventual divorce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A couple of years of happiness though. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta just you just gotta focus on the good. Yes. Yeah. You just gotta focus. Yeah. Children. They had, they're yeah. nice yeah, children. They, they, yeah. Uh Jamie, what'd you think of Electra? Um, like Paul, this was one of the only Marvel movies I had never seen. Um, and so it's funny because you hear how terrible something is for so long. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I'm like, yeah, it's a bad movie, but it's not as heinous as all that. Like, yeah. I, like it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. And I, what I wrote, what I wrote down, which will be my official letterbox <laughs> review is that you, if you go into this movie, not looking at it as a Marvel movie, but looking at it as a 2005 action melodrama with confounding mystical elements, it's actually kind of fun. Um, I've been on a really big Underworld kick lately. Oh, My new God. comfort film is Underworld Rise of the Lichens. <laughs> and this <laughs> is very in that zone, a very similar kind of vibe. So I was in the right mindset for this moody kind of weirdness um but unfortunately i host a marvel podcast so i can't actually keep that going in terms of not thinking of it as a marvel movie and when you think of it as a marvel movie the it does not feel like a comic book movie at all until she walks out in that red costume when there's only 25 minutes left in the movie that's yeah. that is when it's like oh right this is a marvel movie um uh obviously i love the tattoo guy as a heavily tattooed person i was like <laughs> yeah i wish my tattoos came to life but then i would just be hanging out i wish elizabeth Olsen popped off of my <laughs> exactly um so while while it wasn't a good movie by any means i would watch it again because i had fun watching it i did i was like it is if this if i had seen this uh it came out when i was 15 if it had come out when i was like 11 and i had seen it then i would have thought it was the best movie of all time i would have <laughs> as a kid i would have ate this up because i love melodrama like mystical nonsensical also i i just have to say this is so funny i couldn't stop thinking of the birds of prey scene mm. where harley gives uh canary the hair oh, tie yeah because yeah. that opening scene her hair is i'm like girl how can you see and then she's scrubbing down the entire crime scene because her mm. dna is there i'm like you your hair is all over that place i'm sorry <laughs> but you shouldn't be scrubbing you should have a broom <laughs> when she walked into that first room uh, to kill that first guy and did the whole little whisper in the ear thing. 
which is like part of the mythology is that Electra, she's a myth. Is she dead? No. Well, she whispers in people's ear before she kills them. When she first walks into that room, the first time she's, you see her in the movie, her hair and her outfit are blowing in every direction. Mm-hmm. And she's indoors. She's in a house. And I mean, there, there is, a, there is a, a Boeing 747 <laughs> on both sides of her, just blowing everything in every direction. But that's just early 2000s stuff. Like that's just people nowadays are they, we pause, we run like, we wait a second. That gust of wind means that uh, Quicksilver just ran by. <laughs> and so now actually, you know, so now everything is a theory, but uh, yeah. I want to say my uh, the- favorite to Tony reaction because Tony watched it with oh, me yeah. was uh, uh, the her sigh. Um, uh, he was so mad because the plural of sigh is sigh, but she was calling them sighs. And if your <laughs> weapon is the sigh, maybe you should know how to say it. And I thought that oh, was yeah. really funny. She knew how to twirl it. <laughs> there it is. At least you know. Listen, I'm pro Jennifer Garner. I don't care. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. So the day I love die. her. So the day she dies in Deadpool 3. Oof. Actually, I'll be honest. I tweeted about this and I said, I'm glad she's getting redemption in Deadpool 3. And then I thought about the movie and I was like, the movie just isn't good. And then I did the research and I saw she didn't want to make the movie in the first place. And now I realize Wade Wilson is just going to slaughter her. <laughs> like, right? Like, there's just no way she actually plays a part. I'm pr- like, let's be real. He's just going to kill her and plenty of other characters from the Fox universe. That's what I think is going to happen now that I've thought about it. I really think that she's the kind of cameo that should have been a surprise because yeah. it's going to be yeah. so brief. Yeah. I yeah. think that we're expecting something bigger, but I, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think it's going to be really brief, but I will say after watching this movie, I'm really hyped to see her again. <laughs> Can't wait to see what outfit they put her in. That's, uh, yeah. that's like now my that's new brief. most excited, anticipated Jennifer Gardner's outfit. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it's like, I'm always on board with these types of cameos. If they're for something that like needs a second chance and a second like opinion, basically. And it's like, just based on how these movies are so reviled kind of culturally, it's like, I, I'm glad that she's able to play the character one more time and maybe end it on a higher note. But yeah, I don't expect a whole lot at all. I feel like she's not going to, I feel like it's not the note. I feel like she just agreed to end it, even though it was never going to happen again anyway. But I think that that's what's, I think that's what's going to, yeah. The bodies, when people, when the hand dies (laughs) in this movie, when members of the the super powered characters existing in the daredevil universe that's that just apparently existed for a while when ben affleck became daredevil when they die they turn into poofs of green mist yeah big old floofy poofs of green mist i have no idea what inspired that choice it just kept reminding me of the stink bombs in Fortnite. like every time it (laughs) happened that was the first thing i thought (laughs) were they poor because i thought those green clouds, if they reached somebody, were going to be poisonous or something. Because they run away from one at one point, don't yeah. they? Or they say, don't touch it. Yeah. I don't well, know. Was such they a... running away from typhoid? Was that why? I don't remember. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Might be connected to typhoid Mary, maybe. There, but there's a really weird scene where one of them's kind of lying on the roof of um, Mark's house. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, yeah, go inside. Just go hang out. And then she does like this. They do it from like five different angles in slow motion where she jumps up and stabs them. And then they just turn into like uh, some gas. And I was like, what the, what's, what's going on? It's really weird. Um, yeah, just just the entire thing. There's so much slow mo in it. It's very, clearly, <laughs> you know, an early 2000s film. Cliches as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in general that the supernatural elements of Daredevil, I'm not like fully on board with them. You know what I mean? I can take the whole sonar thing because I know sonar exists in real life. <laughs> but when they start getting into like prophecies and resurrections and stuff, that's kind of when my brain just switches off with that. And th- that's well, I mean, Electra can revive people apparently. Yeah, well, apparently Terrence Stampy just does like a, a massage on someone and can bring them <laughs> back to life. <laughs> just like. <laughs> Yeah, stick. He that was a, another part of the movie, wasn't it? Stick. Mm-hmm. What a weird figure that was, because he was the guy who hired Electra to kill the the family, wasn't he? That was like the a line of dialogue that they said, and she was going to do it with a bow and arrow from like a mile away. Is, is that the best? Is that the best weapon for this situation? Uh, yeah, just kind of all over the place. Yeah, just don't know. You can so, kind of see why it's not even when a bad comic book movie releases. Normally, what happens is you have five years where everyone hates it, and then out of the shadows comes people online who start defending it and saying, "Like Amazing Spider-Man Two is a masterpiece. It's an underappreciated gem." We've never had that with this film. 
we're starting to see it with the Fantastic Four movies, but we've <laughs> never had it with this film because it's that bad. It's literally like the bottom rung sort of. It's just. Bull- it's yeah. just so soulless. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing offensively bad. There's just nothing like really. There's just so little in it that's good. <laughs> it's it's just I I I literally. But we were talking last week, and I was like, I honestly don't remember if I've ever seen this movie. And I I do. Upon watching it, I remembered I have seen this movie once in theaters. For I said the you guys I said this to you guys before the show. It's pretty sure this is the first time I ever went to theaters unsupervised. Like I went <laughs> on a date when I was like 13, 14 years old, like a middle school movie date. And I remember watching it and I don't, I just did not even remember the movie and it's so forgettable. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so I, sorry. I would like to say that it is better than the Marvel movie that came out the year before, which would be it. the Thomas Jane Punisher. <laughs> I think this did is you just, better than you that. Just give us homework for next week. Oh my God, please don't, don't make us sit through that BD. You, 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 you guys, when my favorite actor of all time is in that movie, and I still think it's the worst Marvel movie ever. You didn't like wow. the part where he had to hold up the detonator, and then as soon as his arm got tired, he was going to blow up? It got no. a 4K release, so it must have an audience, you know. That, oh my gosh, wow. It sounds like it sounds like we have an episode coming up. Not next week, though. No. Uh, we, I think oh. I, I, I did reach out so to. I reached out to Daredevil director Mark Steven Johnson. Where we set up an interview. I'm going to talk to him for a while. We're going to look back at Daredevil. I reached out to Rob Bowman as well about Elektra, but haven't heard back yet. So yeah. uh, he doesn't we'll want to ever if... talk about that again. I, you know, yeah, I doubt it, but we'll see. We were all super high on the film, so it'd be hard to find a reason not to talk to us about it. Uh, I mean, but yeah, me, I, me, I, I am curious. Well, Rob Bowman has been pretty outspoken about the kind of difficulties in making that film over the, since its release but who knows if that's something uh they'd want to revisit yeah Thank overall Dare, uh, daredevil for me is like a six 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 out of ten maybe definitely not below a six but definitely not higher than a 6.5 electra sitting at like a like a 4.7 for me out of ten that's, yeah i'd say that's quite high for it I think just from a whole structural position as well, just to yeah. get into a bit of filmmaking, you have so many scenes in it that don't really lead anywhere, like her swimming in the pool. You, <laughs> you know, it, it, you, you think like they're setting up this scene when she was a kid, she used to do a lot of swimming. They're, they're beside a big lake. At some point, she's going to nearly drown or something, but this training that she did as a kid, it's going to help, help save her life. And just stuff like that, right. they don't really... Yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere. You know, it's it's about protecting this family, but she should have protected them from being in this movie because uh, yep. not good. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the flashbacks were oh my god. The Mephisto confirmed flashbacks were crazy. <laughs> yeah, what was like, that about? I don't know. I don't. That know. was definitely like you know that's like a childhood trauma thing. Like you mm-hmm. see monsters when it's really yeah. just a human being. Like that's just what that was. She was she was remembering it as a monster because she was a kid, but it was just the dude that she was no, fighting. No, being no, it was, I was, I was it more was... just baffled by the fact that every scene it was like a scene and then a flashback, a scene and then a flashback for like the first half hour of the movie. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. But Jenna, we have not mentioned the obvious best part of this movie. Uh, I think you, say- you know. Uh, it's uh, definitely we get a little Electra type of yes. Mary kiss. <laughs> I literally uh, wrote in my letterbox review. I was like, I cannot completely hate this movie because that canonically happened, and that was great. So, not mad about that. Yeah, I'm glad you two are happy. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anything else anybody wants to say about Electra before we wrap up today's episode of Phase Zero? Yeah, that sums it up, doesn't it? All right. Uh, Aaron, any last words for today's show? Uh, it's at Summit League Hornet on Twitter. This has been super fun. Paul, thank you for helping MT out. I was hoping he would land somewhere nice. It's nice to see him land somewhere that I watched religiously while we were all locked inside of our homes. Yeah, thank you. No, I don't know why you're thanking me. I mean, he, he's done us a favor by making our channel better. Now it's just not, yeah, it's probably going to get good now. We're probably going to become <laughs> a really good channel finally. <laughs> Jamie. Oh boy. Um, I So I'm like moving away from Jamie Cinematics. That is only my Twitter handle and I don't use Twitter anymore really. So I'm Jamie Jirak on Instagram, Letterboxd, and TikTok. I've been TikToking fee- a TikTok and fiend. Um, <laughs> I also have a in-person plug uh, for those 
Los Angeles listeners. Um, on Saturday the 19th at 10 p.m., Tony and I are participating in a lip sync battle. Uh, and uh, so if you want to come watch that, uh, whatever that's going to be, um, you know, root for us to win the battle because uh, we, we want to win. Wait, so, where's that? At UCB, UCB uh, here okay. in Los Angeles. Okay. All right. Jenna. I'm like, I, my plugs are nothing compared to that. That's amazing. Oh, so yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. Um, follow that. Good luck. I know. It's <laughs> at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on whatever social media platforms may or may not exist anymore. Uh, as always, go read some comics. The Night Terrors event from DC is nearing its end, and it's been really interesting. And there's a lot of good Marvel books this week. So just go check out some comics. All right. Paul, thank you so much for coming on Phase Zero. If you're not subscribed to Heavy Spoilers, uh go do that now because i promise you you'll get you'll learn quite a bit and paul is honestly hilarious in his breakdowns it's it's a, a level of brutal honesty you don't get from a lot of people uh i think and it's 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 just we don't care what the studios think and i think you you touched on that earlier on the show and i am that's a big reason why i love your channel channel there's nobody telling you uh or you're, you're not afraid to say anything and uh yeah. it's all pretty it's all it's all in good fun too i love your channel dude thank you for coming on phase zero i want to give you an opportunity yeah, to say farewell to the audience here yeah thanks a lot guys you know i really appreciate you you inviting me on i've listened for for so long and you know it's a bit weird getting brought on and i hope hope my kids didn't ruin the entire thing i've i've been muted most of the time but they've been banging on the door screaming away they want to be on the show as well as much but uh yeah they're in trouble when i get off here I'm bloody trouble <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I didn't hear them once, but no. I don't know oh, if that one's on, so I don't know. But I haven't heard anything. <laughs> you ruined my I big heard. shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck to the kids over there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Phase Zero. Make sure you drop us a five star review if you want. If there are other Marvel movies of the past you want to hear us talk about, I think we might do Ghost Rider and stuff. I'm hoping that oh. after my interview with Mark Stephen Johnson, which you will be able to see some short time from now on the phase zero channel on youtube and listen to as a bonus episode uh if there's other movies you want us to reach out to people or do reviews of please let us know subscribe to the channel on youtube please go check out the new video we dropped it's uh it's it's like over eight minutes long which is much longer than the stuff we usually put out uh so and that, that was quite a, a enduring edit for jill which she did a great job on so thanks to jill for that thanks peter for a great show today that's it i'm rambling hit me up at brandon davis bd if you really want to um if you don't i understand we'll see you next week